Hello, 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 and welcome to the Bio Beach Teach podcast. I am your host, Ms. Drawn. Listen, everybody, it's been a minute. I have took on a new position as a middle school principal, so I haven't had an opportunity to just talk, but I am ready to talk. Our session today is Let's Talk, It's Okay. Um, so just want to give you some perspective, some things to think about as we move forward, okay? And education is all about moving forward, y'all. And so um, I'm excited about this episode because we have been through some things. And see, when you go through things, you have some things you can talk about, but also some lessons. I had um, done my last uh, podcast on lessons and wisdom, right? And so when you have wisdom, because you learn through things and you go through things, those things are put in your life to define those moments for you to learn from. So now we have fast forward, um, got through the first trimester or the first couple of quarters for people in school and education. Um, we are moving into the winter. And before y'all know it, it'll be the spring, y'all. So I just wanted to get on and just talk a little bit, talk through that, okay? Um, so initially, I think there was a lot of anxiety and overwhelmness because we were shifting from that online learning platform, um, doing a little bit of in-person to all in-person. And COVID-19, the pandemic over the summer, sent it, it, it tend to take a dip, all right? In June and July, it, it seemed like it was taking a dip. In August, people was like, all right, we're going to get them in class, in-person experience, because we all know that's how kids learn the best, all right? So we finally get in that classroom, y'all. Um, it's September. Things are going well. Um, people are trying to get acclimated. Of course, a lot of still stresses in education. If you're an educator, you know um, changing that life, educating the life can be stressful, just like raising kids. So you can imagine as a teacher having 20, 25 kids in a classroom on top of a pandemic, on top of all the other expectations that teachers and administrators have to do. There is some um, anxiety and, and, and moments definitely feeling overwhelmed. So we hear, and one of the things as a middle school principal, I'm learning um, is to expect the unexpected, y'all. I know for my first two weeks at my school, it was something to reckon with. All right, let me let me break that down for you. So the first two weeks, everybody's excited. All the energy's there. The parents are outside. Um, and we couldn't let the parents in the building like we normally do. But of course, we had a huge parking lot and allow parents to ask questions with our masks on and did our best to socially distance and keep um, the protocol in place. But the first two weeks, the first thing everybody, any, any principal, educator, teacher I noticed, we noticed the excitement of the kids. That's number one. They're extremely excited to be back in the building. They have all this energy was like, boom, you know, coming into the building, everything's moving fast. They're all over the place. And we knew with them being out of school for over 18 months, the social emotional kids is all over the place. I can't say that we were prepared enough, even though teachers and administrators and superintendents around the world put in social emotional programs. Um, I don't think they were prepared. I don't even know if you can get prepared for the energy that was about to come. So the first two weeks, there were staff shortages for my building. And I know that was for many. Teachers pulling in, teachers pulling out. Um, I know I was in the classroom for the first couple of weeks with my coworkers. Um, you know, my district leaders were trying to get support, having issues with sub companies getting on. So it was very stressful just covering the classrooms. Um, if you don't have teacher coverage, then you cannot support 
and get what you need from the students. So we want academic excellence, but we don't have a, a, a framework of staff in place. That makes it difficult. So that was number one. Staff shortages was like, boom, impact. Um, number two, again, was the energy of the students. They were really excited, but you could tell that the students had lost a lot of social skills immediately. Self-control from just being quiet to either just like lining up and not even just like a real line, just like get on one side of the hallway to really conflict resolution. I think for the first two weeks, almost 60 days in my school, we had conflict after conflict after conflict, kids fighting, yelling, screaming, physically attacking each other, verbally attacking. It was like they had had all this energy waiting and they went boom. A lot to deal with. Now, I have been a behavior specialist, dean of students, um, before I became a principal. So I'm very aware of where behavior comes from. The root of most behavior comes from this whole idea of the unknown, a lot of anxiety, and the lack of pro appropriate social skills. If I cannot negotiate conflict, if I don't know how to express my feelings and thoughts in the appropriate way, I am going to do what I'm taught. So many of the behaviors we were seeing was kids were lashing out based on how they perceive how they should behave. Now we know the physical fighting, the yelling, the screaming, and all of that back and forth with teachers and being disrespectful comes from another place of, I have not um, been socialized enough. Okay, y'all? So they've been online, they come back. And I mean, from urban school to rural schools to suburban schools, people are having significant behavior problems in which it's hard to manage or even support the classes. So we have teacher shortage. We have significant behavior problems happen in the first 30 days. And so as we're going through this, on top of that, we still have the issues with meeting the curriculum expectations. Okay, y'all? Because they're there to learn and we have to have academic standards. And there is a lot of controversy about the, the common core and the testing and the curriculum who's doing what and when, and should we be testing this time? And, you know, people kept it moving as it was normal. They gave kids, and I know my district had curriculum, had NWEA testing, had um, things put in place for assessments. And on top of that, expected the kids to achieve, which is important to have those expectations. Um, but with everything going on, the teacher shortage and like I said, significant. We didn't even have a honeymoon phase. Most kids have honeymoon phases. You know, they come into school, they're excited for the first couple of months. It went right to, I'm fighting you. I don't like you. Of course, social media and was totally involved, which is a whole nother conversation podcast for another day, y'all. But I say to say this, um, as a leader um, working, and I know many administrators um, that I have communicated to because I'm a part of the Horizon Leadership Program. And of course, superintendents and district leaders from all over the state of Michigan. It's an amazing program. Um, we're talking about it. And it has been not only tough, but also very, at times, seem impossible. And I don't, listen, y'all know I'm about impossible. We can do it. But at times in those moments, it felt almost impossible to see your way <laughs> some days, okay? Because it's stressful to see kids stressed out. It's extremely stressful to see your staff stressed out. 
because when we were short with staff, we would have to ask staff to cover, give up their preps. We would try to work with these sub companies to get people in. And so the staff shortage is real. And of course, there's a little bit of drama because our governor just passed this bill that anybody, you know, as long as you had like a high school diploma with some experience, bus drivers, um, lunch aides, parapros, um, could now be substitute teachers. Now, you all know the law before this temporary law was passed that you had to have some credits of a higher education on your resume and on your credits in order to be a substitute teacher. But now, because it's so horrible as it relates to the shortage across the board, no lunch aids, bus aids, everything, she's saying whoever and whatever. There's controversial behind that, okay, y'all? Because, you know, teaching a class and working and connecting with students is one thing, but also understanding curriculum and meeting the excellence of where we need to be is another thing. So, anywho, <laughs> that's another podcast for another day. But I say all that to say is that the last 60 days, September, October, November, going into December, so about 90 days, has been some trials, some errors, some pains, a little bit of suffering at times for sure, and questioning. There's a lot of teachers retiring. There's a lot of teachers quitting. There's a lot of teachers overwhelmed. There's a lot of teachers that feel like they're not valued. There's a lot of complaining. There's a lot of whining. There's a lot of legitimately anxiety and overwhelmness and tiredness and exhaustion. That's just what it is right now. So we have this culture right now in education that we have created um, coming in still in a pandemic, okay, y'all, we in a pandemic. That means that we are in a social, emotional um, pandemic where it is really not only you know politics, but all ac uh, academically and um, when you want to think about money-wise, because it does impact enrollment. A lot of parents did not come back because they didn't want their kids in person. So a lot of kids are still online around the country. It has left an impact on all of us. So let me take a deep breath. And I think that's where I want to start. I mean, I just gave you about a 10 minute overview of the shenanigans and the ups and downs of education. And I want to say in all it is, it's like, well, how does the kids feel? How does the parents feel? I'm very clear how teachers feel. Um, there's teachers shouting left and right as it relates to what needs to be done. How, why are they being evaluated? Why are they being held accountable for these kids? that were online for almost two years. So they're academically further behind um, this testing and assessing. What is the point of all this? Um, you know, what are we doing? What are we doing? And then on top of the teacher shortage and all the other expectations that we do expect teachers to do grading, following up with parents, progress. That's a part of the teacher um, just day-to-day -day routines. Um, there is a culture of I'm done. And again, I say whining not because it's a necessarily a bad thing, but everybody has something negative to say about teaching right now. Even teachers have something to say about teaching that's negative. Not that they don't love their jobs, but their energy, some of their energy is just like, what is the purpose? Where are we going? How is this going to pan out? You know, so that's where that's coming from. And they need an outlet. And so sometimes it comes across as whining and complaining when really they're just trying to, you know, get their voice to be heard. And so that's what the deep breath is about. It's okay for us to talk about it. And I think 
there has been things put in um, the schools, like we have therapists, social emotional programs. I definitely think it's still not a priority to social emotional programs in this country. It needs to be a class. It needs to be a part of the curriculum, um, in my opinion, in schools across the country. Because until you get the hards right of these kids, you will not conquer their minds. Um, and I think we struggle with that. We want their minds. We want them to learn. But many of these young people across the country, I don't care what kind of social economic status, they are struggling. And you can tell through social media, you can tell through the recent tragic accidents, um, through fights and all the TikTok videos of violence. And unfortunately, this tragic shooting that has happened in the last month here in Michigan, Oxford, as we pray and continue to encourage that community, these young people are not ready to learn. And the teachers are not ready to teach. People are being resistant to the education experience right now, even our young people. And so when I take a deep breath as a you know new principal coming in, working in the school system for a little bit over 10 years and having the opportunity at the same job and having all these different experiences, there is a reason for this madness. <laughs> okay, y'all, there's a reason. I want y'all to hear this. It's okay to talk, let's talk. Because if you're a school leader, if you're an administrator, you're getting up every day leading the best way you know. You're showing up, knowing you may be short of staff, knowing that you're gonna have some drama at the school with the kids and the parents and teachers feeling overwhelmed. You're being a social emotional kind of like almost punching back for everybody as a team member of an administrative team. We got to make it happen no matter what. No excuses, no back and forth. We have to be held accountable. That is what the state of Michigan is telling us. Yeah, we all out here struggling, but you all need to make it happen. And so at times it does feel like what is the purpose of all of this in the middle of a pandemic, people dying and getting sick. And y'all don't, we ain't gonna get started on all these quarantines that we've had quarantine kids in and out of the classroom and 10 days here and then five here, mass, no mass. That's a whole nother huge, another podcast. But I say this, we have to start coming up with solutions and stop talking about the problems. And I love all people in education, because if you're in education, you're not there for the finances. You're definitely not there for the hoorays and rewards. You're there because you love the hearts of children and you want to be helpful. For me, it's a servant leadership. It's a ministry. You're giving back to those that are in need. And that's why teaching is so important because it gives us an opportunity to help somebody along the way. It gives us, it fulfills a purpose that is so much higher than us, right? And so that's why people really get into education because they want to see people win, y'all. They want to see people win. And that's the lovely powerfulness of a teacher. Teachers want to see people win. That's why they call them heroes. And through all of this, teachers are like, okay, yeah, you know, you can keep thanking us. And of course, I thank my teachers. I give them little notes and make sure they're okay. I check in on with them. Um, I try to do the best I can with what I have, right? And all principals are doing the best they can with their have. Same with superintendents and district leaders. But it's, like, it's not enough for teachers because they're so overwhelmed and they're so exhausted with all this stuff coming at them. You know, you, you say self-care. They think that's an insult. You say thank you. They're tired of that. They want something different. And there's a resistance in the education system right now. That's why they're quitting. And so our solution is let anybody, you know, 
be open to their feedback, which I think is important, but also we have to look at the system, the structure we have in place. And I think that is where this conversation is going to start as relates to the solutions. We cannot just talk about the problems, y'all. We got to come up with some real solutions about the educational system. Now, when we went online, you're talking about a shift paradigm, the education system across the country, across the world fell apart because we're so structured to be in the classroom with a teacher up front. For the first time in forever, I would say for the first time ever, there we go. We never did that, went to screens. We were so unprepared, a lot of kids didn't even have the right tools. But I think we're further along now because obviously we had the experience and teachers had to shift. They had to learn new programs, online programs. They had to find different ways to connect with their kids online, which by the way is very difficult because they were not trained, properly trained on how to engage. I'm sure people teach them how to use Zoom and try to come up with these you know, creative presentations, but there's still a way to engage with kids and staff online. And so we were learning as we go. So we can shift and we can change in education. Now we back in the personal, in-person classroom experience and some of us are online and some in person. There might be a hybrid schedule for many of these kids still. And you know, some people, some districts want to go back to normal. Well, we're not at that place when we can do that. And so now I think teachers had a lot of time to reflect over those 18 months, almost two years. And coming back, it like it magnified being in that classroom. And so how do we do this? So I just want to give you some five things to think about. Five things to think about, things that we can do, things that we can move forward as relates to us talking, all right? Then I'm going to be done, y'all, but I I really want to hear your feedback, your comments. I want you to share this podcast because I think the first thing we need to do is to have real talk. That's why it's called It's Okay to Talk. If you don't talk about it and you don't process it, then how do you fix it? And people can whine, complain, and have meltdowns all day. But until you come up with solutions that is going to help the problem, then we'll just be sitting here mad about why education is the way it is. So I'm challenging people to have those tough discussions, to agree and to disagree, to get intense, to make the changes that we need in order to be winners for our kids. Because remember, we're in education, y'all, so that the children can win, so our students can win. It's not about us. Although sometimes I think in politics, and in some, you know, um, areas, we do try to make it about us. But I know teachers, the heart of real teachers that care, they care about the children. The hearts of leaders and principals and district superintendents, they do it because they care about children and their family. So solution number one, y'all. Here's what I'm suggesting. The first thing we need to do is we must learn to manage our relationships, not classrooms in our schools. All right, y'all. Now, listen, we must learn to manage our relationships, not classrooms in our schools. I have learned in my little short period of being a school administrator, you have to have self-reflection and you also have to have an open door policy of communicating. It cannot be one sided. It is so easy as school leaders and superintendents to be a dictator, to tell people what to do all the time and then be upset that they don't do it or they give resistance. 
So one of the things that I'm going to challenge you to do, and I'm challenging myself because I am very direct and extremely like assertive. We have to learn how to manage the relationships around us. So what does that look like? It's not always talking about what they're doing in a classroom, teachers, what the kid is not doing in on an assignment or what the parents are not showing up or saying. Those are us managing our buildings and classrooms. So I challenge you to do this by managing the relationships that you have, checking in on those relationships. How you doing today? What's going on? What can I help with? Really being intentional about how people are doing, asking people for their feedback. What do you think? How would you handle this? Does this work for you all? Here's my idea. Here's where I'm going with this. What are your thoughts? What are your feedback, questions, concerns? See, when you start managing relationships and valuing people that are, that is on your team, the classrooms will manage themselves. When I start getting feedback from my students and talking to them one-on-one small groups, trying to integrate them, integrate them, excuse me, into the whole managing experience, they're more likely to manage the classroom, which means they're more likely to go to peer-to-peer and say, hey, you should really talk to the therapist if you're having a hard time because we have talked about it as a community and this is the right thing to do. See, when we start managing and checking in and really taking care of each other, and that's what it is, take care of each other. The teachers take care of the kids, obviously. The kids take care of each other. The administrators take care of the teachers and the kids, parents. Um, the teachers are helping and supporting the administrators. When we all really start caring about each other, then these whole classroom experience of getting things done and learning will happen. So that's number one, y'all. We have to manage our relationships. We're so worried about, will I hit the curriculum guideline? Will I hit that pacing guideline? I got to hit this, 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 and this, and that before the next NWEA testing. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to get that lesson plan. I got to get that assessment. I got to do, 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 do. Okay, now if you feeling my energy on this other side, how do you think the kids are feeling? They're not robots, especially if they're already two years behind, many of them, um, because they were online. You pushing through a curriculum and pacing guides is not going to get a kid to want to learn. And so, and it just stresses the teacher out. Not to say we can't do curriculum. Don't say that. I said we got to do curriculum, but we have to include and we have to communicate and we have to assess together. So yes, a pacing guide needs to happen, but we need to be realistically pacing ourselves based on the hearts of where these young people are at and what the capacity of what our teachers can do. All right, y'all, I might get in trouble for this, but I'm going to say it. All right. Okay. So take care of each other, manage our relationship, not the classroom. Number two, and I think this is really important. It kind of falls back on checking in, but it says number two, create quick check-in points throughout the day, create quick check-in points throughout the day, be intentional to check in on people throughout the week. So one of the things I'm going to do is I'm going to put in these huge check-in boards in every classroom and of course in the staff lounge. And it allows kids or staff to come in and get a small sticky note and they can put where they're at for the day. Are they meh? Like, okay. Are they really upset? Are they happy? You know, there's like four or five. How, how are you doing kind of things? And you all um, know the faces of sad, happy, all of that kind of stuff. But I'm going to tell you those quick point check-ins in the morning, after lunch, and at the end of the day. 
because things are happening with our kids and staff and, you know, people are not checking days after days, weeks after weeks. And then they wonder why people are so unhappy and they want to quit and they want to leave. And I know as an administrator, I'm really busy running around the building, trying to make things happen. If I'm short staffed, sometimes I have to cover a classroom for sure. Um, if something's going on with the teacher, I have to cover lunchrooms. I have to monitor the hallways. There's a lot going on. But checking in on somebody takes less than 30 seconds. And so how do we create checkpoints? That's what they really are, y'all. Checkpoints throughout the day. How do we create a culture of checking on each other when they first come in, right after lunch, and be before they end the day? We have to be intentional about this. And it takes less than two minutes to do and it takes less than three minutes to talk about it. <laughs> it's a five minute activity is what I'm telling y'all, but we're so keen on what did you complete today? What did you earn today? That I don't think we're really hitting the points of the heart of people. If you don't get anything else about this, let's talk y'all. Until we hit the hearts of people, they're not gonna be ready to learn. Until we fulfill the hearts of teachers, they're not gonna be fully engaged to teach. And I, I have said it, I work with school district leaders that are in support of social emotional learning. I know there's people that's pushing it. There's all kinds of programs, but sometimes I think we just do it to do it, you know, not because it's intentional. It's like, okay, just slap it on real quick. We have to be intentional about the hearts of people in order for them to be okay to learn or to teach. So quick checkpoints in, you could do this any kind of way but you gotta find something that works for your system and your school. Okay, number three. So number one, we gonna manage our relationships, not the classrooms. Number two, we're gonna create quick checkpoints throughout the day to check in on students and staff and each other. And again, it could be a visual, it could be a vocal, um, a verbal conversation, excuse me. It, it, and it's more than high, you know, it's more than high. I'm not just saying, saying hello. It's, it's like, how you doing? I want you to rate it for me. One, you're okay, two, so you can do that, or you could do some faces. This stuff is very easy and it's easily accessible. Like you really don't have to work for this stuff. We just have to implement it and, and be consistent with it. Okay, number three, pause and focus on the priority. Now, this is a hard one, y'all. Pause and focus on the priority. What is your vision and goal? So as a leader, as a principal, as a district, a superintendent, as a classroom teacher, even as a parent, come on, y'all, focus now. Pause and focus on what is your goal? What are you trying to accomplish? We have to stop the rat race. And I am reflecting again as a new leader. I have done a lot of chasing and rat race. Did you get this done? How about this? Is this done? I got to go do this. I got pictures next. I got to go get the book fair together. Da, 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 da. Just ripping and running. Ripping and running, y'all. We have to stop the rat race. Be intentional in the decision and measure it. So we have to say, what is our vision? What is our goal? Our goal is to have healthy students and make sure they hit 50% or more on the NWEA testing and reading the math. I want their growth to be 50% or more, right? If that is my goal as a leader, which it is, I want healthy mind students. I mean, social, emotionally healthy, okay? I want them to be okay. And I want them to be able to meet a 15, a 50, excuse me, a 50 percentile higher in reading and math with NWEA, right? The math test we use. So when I'm looking at the NWEA mapping and I'm looking at each student, 
it clearly tells me where the kids are at. And then you have to match that with their social emotional insight. At that time, I need to help the teachers come up with personal goals and we need to meet those expectations. Okay. And of course, that's going to be centered around curriculum and how you work with the kids and communicate with the kids. But we cannot change the testing until we get buy-in from the kids that the testing is a part of their growth and it's important. Now we can talk to kids to eat before you test, do your best, but they have to have a total buy-in because once they are socially and emotionally in, I guess, engaged with the whole process of learning, then we will get the results. Kids are very resilient. And even if they're lacking skills, if they can ask questions, feel comfortable coming up to the teacher and communicating, then kids can learn. But a lot of times kids just sit there because they're bored. They're not motivated. They don't understand it. They're confused. They feel defeated. And they just kind of like, whatever. And some of them like, well, what's the point? We can Google half of this stuff. Tell me why I need to learn this is what I'm saying. So we need to pause and focus on a priority. So I'm telling you to think about your vision, your goals, and stop the rat race and focus on your priority. What are you trying to accomplish and how are you going to measure it? measure it. And that's one of the things that I'm going to do. All right. Two more things, y'all. Set yourself up for flexibility. We must plan to unplan throughout the day and trust the process. Okay. You are doing good work and it will pay off. So don't give up y'all. So we're going to number one, manage our relationships, do some checkpoints, focus on our priority, you know, set yourself up for flexibility. You got to be flexible. We must plan things to unplanned throughout the day. You have to have flexibility. And then we have to trust the process. We are doing great work. It will pay off. Do not give up. We have to embrace everything around us. And we have to find ways to express our emotions to be able to come together and validate each other's feelings and support teachers through those tough moments and give an opportunity for them to lead and support their coworkers. We can do this, you all. I've said a whole I've said a whole lot, but I know that together, if we are able to do these five things, okay, and embrace the very essence of toughness, that means you have to embrace that this is tough. And we work on giving people an opportunity to express themselves, validate their feelings, support each other through those tough, tough moments, and give teachers and staff and parents an opportunity to lead and support each other. What this pandemic has created it has stretched us to think differently. I don't think people got that yet. The pandemic, COVID-19, has stretched the education system to think differently. We're still struggling and we're still resisting that. And so if we continue to resist it, it's going to get harder for us. We have to recreate this thing where, and I say this thing, I mean the educational system where it works for children and their learning capacity and not ours. All right, y'all. I said a whole lot. I look so forward to your feedback, your thoughts, your comments. Please, please share because this is a tough conversation, but it's okay. We got to talk about things. And it's my goal not to get too far away from you. I'm going to really be in, um, consistent about doing more episodes. And I hope that you continue to move forward and trust your process. Know that everything you're doing it's going to pay off. 
You know, it's hard because you care. Anything you care about is going to be hard. If you raise kids, if you had to save up for money, if you're in school, it takes time. Um, but you have to understand that there is a message in this madness right now. Do not quit. Do not give in. Keep pushing and go back to the text of I'm here because I'm here to serve. And the shout out to all my teachers that are doing the work, that are getting up every day and showing up. We appreciate you. And I know you hear that all the time. But at the end of the day, we know you are here because you care. And we thank you for that. And I just, my prayer, my hope is, is that we continue to have conversations that not only challenge the system, but also we get to a point where we can embrace the system and try to come up with solutions that will be beneficial not only to teachers, but children and parents and the administrative staff that's trying to hold it together. And shout out to my school leaders, my administrative staff, my superintendents, district leaders all over the state. You all doing amazing jobs. I know a lot of times we don't always have that support because we have to make it happen. We support each other and we don't expect the teachers to, you know, be there and thank us all the time. Sometimes there's a us versus them, which is something we all have to work on. It shouldn't be that way. Okay. But I'm gonna put that out there. We should be able to work together, but sometimes there's just tension because sometimes we as school leaders or principals have to enforce things, policies and procedures that teachers don't like. Let's just keep it real. And so they can create intention. Um, but you are doing an amazing job. Shout out to you. Don't give up. Don't give in. Keep pushing through because you matter. And without you and the teachers, these kids would not have an opportunity to survive. These kids being at home like they was, was detrimental and it really hurt those young people. And so now that we're trying to put the pieces back together, we can put the puzzle of the pieces together in a, in a way that will help embrace and help the system. All right, y'all. It was so good talking to you all. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, please take care of you. Keep Be safe, y'all. Be safe. Wear your mask. Um, I'm a vaccination believer. I believe you should be vaccinated. If you can, please do so. Um, take care of yourself. All right. And again, share this with someone that you know need encouragement today as an educator, as a parent, as a teacher, um, as a staff. All right. Bye-bye.